High Noon with George Hook. Thanks to ClaytonHotels.com with 17 hotels across Ireland and the UK. Time now for Numbers That Talk with my regular guest, the senior statistician at uh, the CSO, Deirdre Cullen. Deirdre, welcome to the programme. Thanks, George. Last week we were talking water. What are we talking about this week? Okay, so tomorrow the CSO brings out its second thematic census report on the distribution and movement of people. So I thought today we would look back on the housing figures because I never got a chance to talk to you about them when you were away there for a couple of weeks. So a couple of weeks ago we brought out our thematic report on housing. You better tell me what thematic is. We take a theme. Yeah. In the census, so housing, our oh, distribution, right. our it. diversity. Okay. So okay. Uh, we took the theme of housing and we brought out a range of statistics and they they attracted a lot of attention. Well, they would, of course, given that it's a huge topic of conversation, homelessness and housing and, you know, can we build enough houses and all this. So you've, you've got that kind of information here. We you? do. So, I mean, the census is not just a census of population. It's also a census of housing. And we go out and we enumerate, if you like, or count every dwelling or habitable dwelling in the country. And our figures uh, that we produced there a couple of weeks ago showed uh, 2 million and 4,000 uh, dwellings in the housing stock, which was an increase of 9,000 on five years previously. And that figure attracted an awful lot of attention. Yeah, that's dramatic. Very dramatic. But within that figure, remember, George, that's a net gain. And so there's always a dereliction and depreciation coming off the other end of the housing stock. So about 140,000 of our dwellings were built before 1919. And five years ago, that was 150,000. So there's figures being netted off the other end all the time. But then we had another figure that you know, we asked people, when was your house built? 33,000 people said my house was built in the last five years. So that's kind of showing you that, you know, maybe that's, what was added or, you know, they were the new bills. But, uh, but uh, I remember... Or some of the new all right, bills. I remember in the halcyon days of Bertie, of happy memory, like when, on the early days of, of my programme, we were talking about building 50,000 houses a year. I think it maxed at 80,000 in, in 2006 or 2007. But you've just given me a dramatic figure of what? Over five years an increase of? A net increase of 9,000 over now, five years. All right, listen, the, let's cut to the chase here on the dereliction stuff. I mean, there's round towers from Viking days still stuck up there. So there wouldn't be a lot of dereliction now, Deirdre. It, it, this is a clear testimony to a lack of building of houses in the last five years. For sure. I mean, everybody knows house building has, has come to a standstill. So, I mean, I'm not going to defend that. But we're also all familiar with the old farm cottage, you know, as we drive around the country and the new bungalow down by the gate. So houses and dwellings are taken out of the stock all, all right, the time. Okay. And like, remember uh, Ballymun, what's happened up there? I mean, they've pulled down hundreds, if not thousands of dwellings. And so there's that type of regeneration right, going on, on, that. Going on all on the time. That. But of those 33,000 that were built within the last five years... 18,000 of them were detached and 16,000 of them were in rural areas. So, like, the demand for housing is clearly in the cities. We showed population increase in Dublin of 5.5%, whereas rural areas an increase of 2%. So the demand is in the cities. But if, if we're not doing it today, because we've done it before, on the census, the increase in population. Now, by it, not directly, but there should be some correlation between building of housing... An increase in population. Isn't that so? I mean, just yes. a broad so, correlation. What we're getting 
is the skewing of that. More people, but not more houses. So what we showed there a couple of weeks ago was the population increased by 3.8%, but the number of households increased by 2.9%, so not as fast. And therefore, we saw average household size increase from 2.73 persons. I know you love decimal points to 2.75. And it's not the the amount of the increase, but it's, it's increased for the first time ever in census, intercensal period. So average household size has always been falling and now we've seen it increase. So clearly... But, but it, you know, it's gas. When we come in here and like we kind of think, have we anything to talk about? You know, and then suddenly there's dramatic stuff comes pouring out of these, what previously seemed dry figures. Like you've just made an astonishing statement. You've said... For the first time in census history, we've seen the number of people in houses grow. Average household size has increased. That's right. That's a staggering thing. The, a lot of these numbers that we brought out, George, a couple of weeks ago, are they are quite stark. They are. I mean, we've uh, uh, just under half a million dwellings now where the homeowners rent their dwelling. So that's close to 30% of dwellings. And home ownership Renting. rates. Yes. Home ownership rates are now back at the level that they were at in 1971. So the but in 1971, it was the dark ages as far as this country is concerned. Well, and let, we're back there, you're suggesting. Let, let me give your listeners the, the figures. So in 1971, the home ownership rates, that's the percentage of people who own their own home for the whole state, was 69%. By 81, it was 74%. By 91, it was 79%, so close to four out of five. And now in 2016, it's back to 68%. And in urban areas, it's 59%. So there's always that difference between urban and rural. And that's fair enough because a lot of people, there's a lot of churn in urban areas and students in urban areas, and so they're not going to own their own homes. Uh, the figure for rural areas is 82%, and for urban areas, 59%. Yeah, but as you say, they use the word churn. I mean, in an urban area, you're always going to get more movement. I accept that. It'd be like, it'd be very interesting to say, look at the figures for for London, because again, there'd be more movement. But, but nevertheless, we are seeing an enforced change in these figures, because if you're to stop the ordinary person in Ireland, as opposed to Austria or Germany or somewhere, they still want to buy a house. So the fact that there are less people owning houses, people it, that's a forced change in the figures, isn't it, in a sense? It, it certainly looks like that rather than being a voluntary. So, I mean, yeah. when you combine that with the lack of new bills, you know, and with the, the, the increased numbers renting. And then we produced a new statistic, which we hadn't yeah. done before, and it was the age at which homeowners were more likely to own than rent. Oh, yeah. And it's, yeah, yeah. it's 35 now in 2016. And five years ago, that was 32. And in 1991, I bought my house in 94. But back in 1991, it was 26. So the age at which... 26 in 19 when? 91. Now, I bought my house. This is interesting. You bought your house in 94. But I bought my house in 1969, right? Mm. Now, I was 28 when I got married, which wasn't like... You were a late starter for, for those days, certainly. For the, yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, well, I was a late starter like when I bought as well. So, so therefore, the figures... What this is demonstrating, people, we know people are getting married later. We know that. That's right. And the average age of first child now is 31. You know, whereas like 10 years ago, it was probably 27. And 10 yeah. years before that, it was 22. But, but, so. but, right. But it does nevertheless, again, all these figures, without Simon Coveney like lecturing us as the minister, it, it, it all demonstrating there is a housing shortage. As if we didn't know 
but these are quantifying it. That's right, that's right. And the prices are still going up. So, I mean, to tie in with this, I looked again at the average price of a house. I've been in here oh, yeah. talking about house prices before. The average price for the state now is 260 For which, the state? Which sounds very low. I mean, would we wish in Dublin? In Dublin, it's 398 thousand euro the average price of a house in Dublin 398,000 euro yeah now the median is 317,000 which means again remember I was talking last, last week, week about the median and the median well again there's some very high values pulling up the average there yeah but, like um, uh, Shrewsbury Road or something yeah like something that. like that you know so a house goes for 10 million whereas you know most houses are 3 or 4 or 5 so what's your median figure as opposed to your average uh, 317,000 in Dublin it looks low, but I mean, and I don't live in a swanky area, but but there you go. But in 1969, uh, it would have been more like 2,000. Yes. <laughs> well, it probably had a, a closer relationship to the salary. Yes. It's that ratio to the yeah. salary, I guess, is, you know, and that's what they talk about, the nurse and the guard and the teacher and, you know, can they afford to buy and certainly can they afford to buy in Dublin. Um, so we brought out other figures about rents yeah. and uh, because we asked people on the census form, do you own or rent your home? And we saw that the number of people who own without a mortgage increased by 50,000, but the number of people who own with a mortgage fell by 50,000. And what that would reflect is that um, clearly people are paying off their mortgages all the time. So they entered that new category of I now own it without a mortgage, without new people coming into the category, I have a mortgage. But, 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 but the point, of course, is that... No also, the demographic of people being older, I mean, there are more older people now than there were, say, 40 years ago. There are more older people who paid off their mortgage as well, presumably. But we, Yes, but we would ordinarily expect more people to be coming into the mortgage category, and that's what we but haven't seen. they can't seen. buy a house. That's, All the figures, this is the great thing about these figures, I think, which gives them validity, not that... Obviously, every figure from the CSO is validity, but the figures cross-check. They cross-check. They do, and that's exactly it. My friends, the accountants, are always keen to explain, you know, the idea that the debits and the credits must equal. In other words, there's a cross-check. Great thing about this, there's a cross-checking. That's right. They they kind of, they shore each other up, I, I guess, yeah. is, is the point. No question. Yeah, so then we, we say to people, uh, if you rent, um, who's your landlord, private or, or local authority, and then how much rent do you pay? Oh, so, no, I'm interested in these. Yes. Come on, give me these. <laughs> Well, I can tell you that the average rent for the state in 2016, and this is going to look low, um, but the average weekly rent for the state was 199.99. So, no, where did you get that figure from, dear? It was it was 199.9 euro, and but but that was up 17 percent on five years previously. But the figures in Dublin City were up 29 percent on five years previously. Dunleary Ratdown was up 26 percent five years previously. And when you move to the western seaboard, Mayo, Roscommon, Sligo, rents have fallen over the five years. So again, it's pointing to this pressure in Dublin, increased demand in Dublin, etc. But uh, I just coincidentally, in the last two weeks, I was reading on my holiday my favourite newspaper, the Daily Telegraph, and the Daily Telegraph did an analysis of rents in, in London. And the other thing they did was they compared the average rent with the average income. And people in parts of London are paying 75% of their income in rent. Goodness me. Which makes it impossible to live in London. Yeah, and that can't be good for an economy because people have to have money left in their pocket. 
yeah. to spend in the economy. But so, what it means yeah. is people are living further and further away from their work. And Dublin will, is it in a slower way, moving in that kind of direction, won't it? Well, say. hopefully not. But yeah, no, but do you know what I mean? Yeah, that, if we were that, to look to London, you, yeah. That rent as a percentage of income. Yeah. Yeah. So why did you get an average rent in London, in Dublin? Dublin City two hundred and seventy six euro. See, you're Dunleary in... rat down three hundred and thirty five. So you've that gone was a the long dearest. way from your hundred and ninety now. Yeah, three hundred and thirty five in Dunleary rat down, and if you want to pay not a lot of rent, you go to Leitrim. Dear old Leitrim comes up week after week. But uh, Leitrim has been coming 90, up in ninety nine euro since figures were invented. It has. It's a unique county. <laughs> no, but I remember uh, like 50 years ago in my first job, like um, a fellow from Leitrim and I was working in England, like, and he was talking about deserted farmhouses in Leitrim where people had emigrated. That's right. Well, it has a particular terrain. I think, you know, it's a particular, not very good for agriculture. Really? It's the wettest county in Ireland. It's always it? had the highest... Net outward flows, yeah. We'll be covering those internal... in a few weeks. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So it's always had that. Of course, another key feature of the housing landscape in Ireland is vacant dwellings. Vacant? Vacant properties. So vacant properties are a very important feature. So the number of vacant properties fell between the last census and this census, which is the first time we've seen a fall since we started producing the figures. We first produced them in 2006. What does that mean? It means that properties stopped being vacant and have now been taken up. So while there was only a 9,000 increase in the stock, there was a 50,000 increase in the number of private households. As the, so number of vacant, fell, vacant dwellings fell as they got used, if you like. So anyway, but the, the, there's still 183,000 vacant properties yeah, in Ireland. Yeah, but the problem with the 183,000 vacant properties is a high percentage of them are probably in places where people don't want to live. That's I right. mean, there's probably there's probably a lot of vacant properties in the Arctic Circle, but like <laughs> not enough Eskimos who want to well, live there. Well, let's have a look at that then, George. Yeah, so, right. 140,000 vacant houses—that's what we yeah. counted. And the beauty of the census figures, as I, you know, your listeners will be sick hearing me say over the over the coming months, is that we can produce figures for the towns and villages yeah. in the small area, and it's they're the only okay. statistics, right? So, 140,000 vacant houses in Dublin city and suburbs, 13,000 vacant houses. Uh, Cork City and suburbs, uh, just under 4,000. I figures here for Limerick. In large towns, so that's your Drogheda, your Dundalk, yeah. your Longford, um, 17,000 vacant houses in those large towns. But go back to Dublin for the moment. Yeah, 13,000. Uh, vacant flats, 15,000. Now, the problem with that, of course, that you don't know, presumably, is you, you don't know the state of them, in other words. So you don't know whether they are necessarily habitable, do you, or not? No, we don't have that yeah, information. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. So why are they vacant? Like, is some fella hanging on to them in the hope of making a, a, a quick buck or something? Because the one thing, every, the one contradiction here, if you like, is everybody wants a house in Dublin, according to some of our other figures. In theory, therefore, if you take our old economic adage of law of supply and demand... Mm. These 15,000 should be gone in a heartbeat. They should be gone in a heartbeat. So what we did was we went into the enumerator's record books and we produced what, I mean, I call supplementary analysis where we looked at the reasons why properties are vacant. So the enumerators will have written notes to themselves for sale, uh, for rent, uh, the person is deceased. And we produced statistics on that and they're on our website. So the most common 
like single reason for properties being vacant was that they were for sale. But we only got data for 60,000 of the 183,000. Yeah, okay. But it gave us an indication of why properties might be vacant and why apartments might be vacant. So the detached houses in rural areas, the main reason was um, uh, the person was deceased or in a nursing home. Um, whereas with the apartments in the city centre, the main reason was that they were for rent. So I guess it's that period between rents and that churn in properties yeah. and stuff like that. Okay. I think we should do rainfall next week and you could tell me about Leitrim and all the rain and why is the sunny southeast, the sunny southeast. Well, there it is. Numbers that talk. My guest, Deirdre Cullen at the CSO. More numbers that talk next week at this time.